Gentlemen, we're back. We're back. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Doing well. Yeah. Happy yeah. Happy uh, Thursday. Thursday. I almost said Monday. That would be that's, that would be crazy. Well, happy Monday. Thursday. Yeah. Why on earth would you ever? Uh, it's clearly no, it's, it, it feels clearly like a Monday. It does. I'll put it to you that way. It feels like a Monday. Mm-hmm. Okay. How's everybody hanging in? Enjoying the new year so far? Mm-hmm. I'll say yeah. I, I have been actually. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Nick is remaining a, conspicuously silent. I, I know because well, I know Greg went for a nice leisurely jog in the 65, <laughs> 65 degree weather today. It's mm. like eight here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, yeah, it's a bit brutal out on the East Coast these days. Feeling a little it's, arctic it's a, this week, to be honest. Yeah. It yeah. develops some character, though. It, yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. It's definitely... You'd think after 40 years of, of living through this kind of weather, it would develop some seems kind of character. To, seems to get harder, to be honest. <laughs> right. Well, your bones yeah, hurt, dude, I'm I, sure. I had yeah. one task tonight before recording the podcast. I had to go to Walmart to pick up some new formula for the baby. Okay. And, man, it was just like, I don't want to do this. I just I, don't I got to be honest. I'm taking the trash out after this, so I'm hoping this yeah. lasts quite a while because I'm cold. <laughs> You're like, I, I can make some formula. We got what we need here. Yeah, right? yeah. I got it. I got it. Yeah, I got milk. We got, we got carnation, cornstarch. Carnation whatever. instant breakfast yeah, yeah, in the kibble. back. Yeah, there you yeah, go. That'll be fine. How hard, how hard can it be? <laughs> right. I don't, don't got to go to Walmart for this. <laughs> I can probably start lactating here. Yeah. Just squeeze <laughs> hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> got I have nipples, ah, Greg. Come on. You guys, the, you guys remember Meet the Parents? Robert De Niro's like, <laughs> I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? <laughs> Could you milk me? <laughs> you can milk pretty much anything with nipples. <laughs> Terrible. Boy, this uh, is taking some weird turns. This is great. Yes, yeah. It's gone we down can, a strange road yeah. already. We can edit it. It's all right. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boys, it's great to be back. Uh, what do you say we get this bad boy started up? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Should check it. Yes, that's right. This is You Should Check It Out. This is episode 127. 127. Coming at you on a beautiful Thursday. My name's Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. We got an awesome show for you tonight. We got uh, three beautiful... And that's Bird Clock. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Bird Clock. How you Bird doing, buddy? Bird Clock. <laughs> Great to have you with the Bird. Bird Clock, our resident researcher. Mm-hmm. Archivist. Intern. Yep. Archivist. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he helped me out with my topic tonight. I'll be talking with you about that a little bit later. Good. Right on. Good. Um, okay. We've got three beautiful hosts with three beautiful stories for you tonight. Oh, thank you so much, buddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nick's going to be talking about some music stuff. Greg's going to be talking about some music stuff. And I'm going to be talking about some music stuff. All right. I mean, spoiler alert, but yeah, you pretty much nailed it. Right. Yeah. right. Sorry about that. Uh-huh. But uh, without any further ado, Mr. Klein, <laughs> you are up first, sir. That's right. Hey, new music. Let's start with that. Hey, hey. there's a there's a, a, a track dropped Monday, the uh, the 10th, which is when mm-hmm. we're recording this. Uh, this is from three uh, three artists, um, drummer three. Tom Skimmer, Skinner, and okay. two British fellows. Some gents, some, some blokes. Ge- yeah, no, it's it, this. It's some Tom chaps. York. Tom York. Okay. Okay. Uh, Johnny Greenwood. Ooh. And. Uh, Are they from the Smiths? Then these would be yeah. this would be Radiohead singer, and oh, right. what would you what I mean what would you call Johnny lead guitarist and traditionally lead guitarist? He's like or, the multi instrumentalist. I don't know. Yeah, he's like a gu- he's stuff. a guru. He's like a guru. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's been doing some film scoring the past few years, but 
This is this yeah. new project from Tom York and Johnny Greenwood of, of Radiohead, along with drummer Tom Skinner and uh, producer uh, Nigel Godrich. Uh, right. This is The Smile, and this is called You Will Never Work in Television Again. Mm-hmm. What, what do you guys think of this? Hey man, it's like a, it's like Pablo Honey or something. I it's like it's like yeah, it's like raw, it's like rawer than Pablo Honey. Yeah, this is this is so funny because this is only the second time I'm hearing this. I recorded it first, mm-hmm. uh, right before we started the podcast. I got the email from Radiohead headquarters on Friday saying right. that the new single was going to come out, and I totally just blanked on it, totally spaced. And forgot about it until Nick put it in the Slack chat. I was like, "Oh yeah, the single." I can tell you that this is the last thing I was expecting. Right, <laughs> right. Like a like a post punk song in five. Really, <laughs> it's it's so crazy and cool. I mean, it's not r- like Radiohead that we've heard, like Greg said, really since Pablo Honey or the Benz or yeah. something. It, it, it's guitar rock. You know? Yeah, it's, it's what it is. Rock. Yeah, yeah. There's no uh, there's no doubt about it. And Tom's it's voice cool. is so, he's just, yeah. He's out there, man. It really is <laughs> out there. Mm. I'm excited about this. What, did you know when this what? album is dropped? Is there an album coming? I believe so. I All believe right. so. Yep. There you go. In fact, they're doing some kind of crazy concert or live stream thing for it. Give me one second. I'll bring up the email here. Yeah, so this is the, uh, the email that Radiohead sent out on Wednesday, January 5th said, hi, everyone. Over the last 18 months or so, Tom and I have been working on a con- collection of songs with drummer Tom Skinner, something that we have latterly named The Smile. The album is just about finished, and we're nearly at the track listing stage where there are about 62,270,208,000 possible song orders. Until that's decided, here's one song. <laughs> it's called You'll Never Work in Television Again. We're also excited to announce a launch concert actually three different concerts in 15 hours streamed live across three time zones from London so that people outside the UK can see us play at sensible times. So they're playing three times Saturday, January 29th at 8 p.m., Sunday, January 30th at 1 a.m. 
and wow. Sunday, January 30th at 11 a.m. So yeah, there's going to be live stream from those. There's also going to be a real concert at a real venue, and um, they're actually making the venue um, within another venue. It's it's crazy. They're, yeah, it's just cool Radiohead the, stuff. They got stuff a lot. Of, they got a lot of does. talented a lot of people ideas. around them. Yeah, yeah. a lot of yeah. ideas. And, a lot well, of artists and, around them to help and, pull it you up. know. It seems like Sean is in the mix. My man, Sean Evans, you know? Oh, nice. Yeah. Who, yeah. who I met working with Roger. He he helped him with that video game, which was yeah. a nice surprise. And I, I don't even know if it just helped him. It seems like it's like he's the guy. He, he made it happen. So Amazing. That's sweet. So unbelievable. Yep. What a talent. Super cool. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear that album. Neither can I. And uh, yeah, so I got a weird topic because I found this story hmm. uh, about a month ago and I had bookmarked it. And I, I read through it and I was like, what the hell is this thing about? The, 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 the lead on this is, uh, did a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist deceive hundreds of musicians? Definitely click through. Like that that would on. be the wrong sound effect. Let me try that again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was wondering why the crowd was applauding. Um, <laughs> I, was clutch- I was clutching my pearls. <laughs> um, anyway, continue, please. Indeed. So... Basically, back early December, um, a musician, YouTuber, Ben Jordan, uploaded a video which basically said, hey, I've been in this project now for a while, and I'm getting totally ripped off. It was this project that was started by uh, this journalist, Ian Urbina, uh, who's a New York Times uh, journalist who wrote this book called uh, Outlaw Ocean, which is all Mm -hmm. about kind of like the piracy that's going on on on, on the seas and like how lawless it is and how much... um, just like human uh, trafficking and just all the, all the bad stuff that's happening out there in, uh, on the seas. What, what, the reason, the thing that caught my eye about this is the guy basically, he comes to the realization that this story, this, what, what, what essentially started off as like a, a long form piece that became this book, um, the story essentially has basically, it's going to cost him about $200,000 to put this story together. Um, mm-hmm. Or the amount of time it would take, the, the effort, the resources. He was getting offered fifteen to twenty thousand from a top tier magazine to publish it, right? And he wanted to figure out how to close that gap. Gotcha. Um, which to me is like a that's a cool thought experiment, <laughs> and like a, hey, I'm gonna take this idea, I'm gonna go over here, I'm gonna make a book out of it. And then he came up with this other idea because because basically he's like, this is something everybody should care about, but how do I get the kids to care about it? Mm-hmm. I know I'll, I'll put ideas from my book over music. I'll get artists to come produce music for me that I'll go ahead and include portions of my book as like voiceover Interesting. And incorporate that and somehow this will become a, a way for the kids to care about the, the content of my book which I think is a I, I would argue that premise out of the gate if there was like meetings occurring about this um, so he takes this idea and runs you would, and you would argue that premise I, what do you mean I, I, I would argue with the uh, with, with the feasibility of this gotcha. reaching the intended audience. Fair enough. Um, okay. Yeah, that that's actually going to work. Um, especially when you go and listen to this stuff. Mm. Um, so, uh, basically he goes and he, he, he kind of defensively says like, I just, I just registered an LLC. Like he registers an LLC and he basically gets a website put together that says, hey, I'm this, I'm this journalist. I've got this book. I've got a project. I, wanna, I want to collect music, be part of this project with me. Um, I've got movie interest over, I've got Netflix interested in this over here. Mm-hmm. 
I've got Leo DiCaprio possibly signing on for a movie deal about mm-hmm. this. Get get into this project. Basically, make your music part of this project. We'll split the royalties 50-50. Okay. Since then, the the project, everything, all of the all the things have flopped. <laughs> like everything okay. has fallen through. It's gotten it's gotten very little traction, very little attention. And all of a sudden, the artists are really ticked off about it. The, the so basically the 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 videos. All of these artists started posting these YouTube videos, just railing on this guy, saying like he's totally ripped us off, and he used his name to like totally you know t- take our music, and he's and he's making all this money off of it. And he's right. not making any money off of it. Right. Um, but but I I don't know. I found the whole thing quite quite enjoyable because it it's just a culmination <laughs> of like misunderstandings. Um, right. And it's also like. Like the guys just it was just a bad idea is really what this comes down to <laughs> in like my a, mind. Um, it's like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It just kind of unwinds and like all the all the big things that he kind of thought were gonna be at the beginning turn out not to have worked out too well. And the artists that he got are like, Hey, where's this Netflix yeah. deal, dude? Yeah, everybody's <laughs> mad at him. Yeah, yeah. And this is in a, and it's and all it's to like, save save the oceans or uh, direct Which, again, awareness towards yeah, like piracy yeah. or what, what? I don't even. It, all the bad things on the ocean, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and really, it's just it, it's a lot of it's a lot of ambient music. Is with, it okay? With some voiceover, yeah. Yeah, um, I was gonna ask. Like, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't checked out. You didn't the music go peruse yet, this? No, no, right. not yet. No, I, I read the article. <laughs> That gave me enough of a headache, and um, I kind of came to think, <laughs> It was a tough one to read. Man. I know, I know. <laughs> it's just a I'm lot sorry. of characters that I don't really I care about. But no, I didn't go down <laughs> yeah, the music, exactly. the, the music no, path. No, I know. So I was interested to, to hear what the music was like. It right. was more of a... The, the journey for me was more... It was more enjoyable for me to decipher with... Because they were referring to this in, in this article, this Pitchfork article. They're referring to it like this guy created a label. Like he... Right, right, started yes. a music label, got yeah. all these artists into his music label, and then was secretly like, you know, getting paid and not giving them their their checks or something like that. Yeah. And, and, and again, this is where his point, like, nah, I I just registered an LLC and smacked that onto the name of the website as as like this part of this project. Yeah. But I guess technically it, that makes him a record label. I don't. Know. That that was my takeaway from the whole thing. Like, you hit, like, there's the incendiary like lead, like you said. Like this Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist deceives hundreds of musicians, and the, I'm like, yeah. okay, well, this, that's got my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like read it, and I was like, okay, well, he tried something, and that didn't really work. Um, and now artists are mad because they're not getting paid, but uh, it's because people aren't streaming the music because they don't like it or it's not breaching people's rights. That's not this guy's fault. Really, right, really, the right. only thing that was like incendiary about it was that he was using his New York Times email address. Yes, to like represent that he was from the New York Times, but he wasn't at the time. Yeah. And and his response is like, I I literally just email my wife a shopping list from that email address. I just use that for everything. Like I'm not, I, I'm pretty smart, but I don't have it all figured out. And, and, <laughs> All of, everything about this story for me was just it was like the the positioning of the way that it was written and how how it made it try to be incendiary, but it just kind of fell apart when you really dig into it. Well, that's pitchfork for you. It is well, it, it's <laughs> that's honestly the job of journalism in, in a journalism, lot of regards when it enough, comes to not having much news in the middle of December, um, which is when the story <laughs> came out. Uh, and then, but also just just 
the culmination of misunderstandings that can build on the internet so fast. Oh yeah. Um, when you just get when you have a few hundred critical people that po- start piling on, it can just it can grow legs and and all of a sudden become a completely different narrative that has nothing to do with what was actually going on. Um, so, was it worth sharing? I have no idea, but I found it quite enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got. Yeah, no, it's Excellent. cool. Thank you, thank you. I I, I was uh, halfway expecting you to bring something else to the table that was like, and this is why this guy should be nailed to the wall. No, you know? I, I really. I, <laughs> so I'm first, kind of relieved that you that you don't. At have first, that. I, you know, at first, my my my, I really don't. That and I, I often try to have like some sort of good message to conclude with or or or, so, or some conclusion, but it I really was I was kind of it is inspiring that he wanted to include. Like he thought this could be a way to like bring music, you know, musicians into, like, hey, we could all make money on this. What if journalists and musicians could work together? Like, what if yeah. we combine music with our stories? Like, what would that look like? I mean, it, it, so so right, right, uh, right motivation, yeah. uh, just wrong execution. I think. Fair enough. So um, that could be the so byline. That them. could be the byline of our mm-hmm. podcast. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You should bum, check it bum, out. Bum, right bum, motivation, bum, <laughs> just wrong execution. Bum. What's the, there's a saying about best intentions or good intentions. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Nick. Appreciate hey, that. All right. Yep. <laughs> Just some, some, some levity for the, to open. How we go? All right. Greg, what are your best intentions for your, your piece here? Well, I'll, I'll reveal that in a minute. Let's Uh-oh. play some, let's play some music. Okay. What, what do you think? What do you think? Yeah, my, yeah. My, my, my best intention is to just take it easy Let's listen to some. This is actually not a new track, but it's something that I believe might be new for you guys because I think I brought up this band and you guys were like, who? Okay. Uh, This is a band called Knee Body. Knee Body. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard them. Like the part Mm -hmm. of the body, the knee? Yes, K-N-E-E body, okay. Yeah, correct. Um, This record is from, well, we'll give this one a listen, and uh, in the meantime, I'll look up the exact year or whatever, but I want to say it's from like 10 years ago. Um, This is Knee Body from the album The Line, and this song is called Lowell, L-O-W-E-L-L. Gee. Nice. 
Dig it on that. Heck yeah. yeah. Great drum sound, man. Yeah. Well, that that is he's uh one of the one of the uh, secret weapons, maybe not so secret. He's you may have heard of him. He's uh Nate Wood. I don't know if you ever heard of this guy. Hmm. He, um, he's made some videos where he's actually playing drums and bass. Uh, really? Okay. He's, he's got the huh. bass on his lap, and he's playing the drums at the same time. <laughs> Which is what he does uh, for this group, right? No, he does not. I, um, he may have for a gig or two, but he's not necessarily known as that. Okay, okay. He's an extraordinary drummer. Really original, really hip, you know, kind of one of these musicians that's well-versed in pretty much everything, yeah. um, especially like... You know, you can hear the jazz influence. It, it's it. You can hear the jazz influence mostly in the horns, but also just in their the way they're timing things, and mm-hmm. they kind of have like a Thelonious Monk quality to their yeah. music. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah. and just in how kind of fun they have a lot of fun with the rhythms. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, they're very unique, man. I, I love Kneebody, and um, funny enough the first time i ever heard about him was when my friend joe herrera the trumpet player in funk arc had to miss a gig and he called shane ensley who is kneebody's trumpet player to sub for him and they and so this guy shane came and played with us and in it, we did a gig in brooklyn at a place called southpaw that's no longer there but it was a great show shane killed it he's an amazing player mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh we walked around new york and had some conversations that night and He's a good guy and uh, so these, extraordinary, a great musician. Mm-hmm. These guys are out in L.A., right? I was just reading They started about there. I think that actually a few of them are in uh, Denver now. Oh, okay. And a few of them are in New York. Like, for instance, Nate Wood, the drummer, I know he plays a lot at, like, the. I think he was playing a lot at the 55 Bar, which I don't know if you ever heard of that place, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a famous New York jazz bar where um, there was a, a particular band that was playing there regularly the Donnie McCaslin group I believe and that's who uh, Bowie like hired to play on Blackstar okay that's how I know them yeah so anyway 55 bar is kind of a it's a small hole in the like it's a little tiny box got a reputation in the West Village Uh, yeah big time and um, anyway so there's I think that that's a link they did used to play at the Blue Whale a jazz club in LA um that mm-hmm. also that that is no longer around as far as I know, but sometimes these places come back. It's actually kind of a nice little uh, divergence into my story here about music venues. Yeah, um, well done. Because last week Nick was talking about how some independent music venues are surviving the pandemic, um, that they got their funding, mm-hmm. you know, right at the end, mm-hmm. or uh, I don't know about right at the end. Whenever <laughs> we don't know what the end is. So. Yeah, those that held uh, on were able to secure funding, and it and it yeah, and it seems to be yes, helping. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But now, as we're um, coming back into the sort of uh, this new limbo uh, situation with COVID, <laughs> mm-hmm. where there's like there are shows happening. I mean, if you look at if you watch a football game, you'll see the stadiums are packed, mm-hmm. right. whether it's indoor or outdoor. Um, yet in the music world, some things are getting canceled, some things are not. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit, yeah, a little bit more, yeah, precarious. Yeah, and it's, so it's it's definitely you don't really know which who's who's right in this case, and mm-hmm. um, it's a tricky situation. Um, yeah, definitely. But but one of the things that and this article is about a month old, but I thought I'd bring it up because I'd meant to discuss it with you guys, and I think I even brought it up in last week's conversation 
uh, that you brought up, Nick. Yeah. But it's basically a Wall Street Journal article describing how the average no-show rate at current concerts is about 20%. 20%. Yeah. And what's, um, what's normal? It's about 1% to 3%. That's the, that's the average. And uh, so, yeah. So Wait, now so it's standard 20. is 1% to 3% and now it's at 20%? Yes. And Holy the, crap. Yes, exactly. So, one of the things that this made me think when I read this article was, holy crap, that's what's been happening at our Red Knots shows because yeah. we'll, oh, okay. we'll have like sold out, you know, and then, but then it's not sold out. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not packed to the gills right. the way you would expect a sold out show to be. And so, we, you know, we'd started to ponder, it's like, is this uh, like our... Is it our show? So, so it was a kind of a sure. affirmation. You know, it was, it was a a little bit of a relief to see, like, oh, okay, like Billy Joel's shows are having the same problem, <laughs> and he's taking much bigger of a hit because of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, because not only in the article they describe how um, it, uh, it it doesn't just uh, mean a hit in ticket sales, or well, it doesn't mean a ticket hit in ticket sales because they're 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 just they're not showing the up. They yeah. bought the ticket sales, but it does. To mean a hit in uh, merchandise, drinks, etc. Right. So, in any case, it's it's interesting because you know there's a lot of reasons why that could happen. What do you think are some of those reasons, guys? I, I mean, I can talk from personal experience that like changes on a yeah. of course can daily basis these days. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. just yesterday night, my son's preschool decided it was going to shut down again because there's another. COVID case. Oh, God. You know, I'm sorry. We man. found that out Sunday night. So it's uh, like, uh, if I was planning to go to a show this week, probably not going to go to a show this week. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, that's, it's, the yeah. way, that's the way life is for everyone well, and, these days. And the show that you were going to go to has probably been rescheduled at least once or right, twice. Right. That's yeah. the other thing, Nick. Yeah. Yes. Right, it's, right. And, is that a lot of these shows are, are rescheduled. I'm like, dude, maybe like, Five percent of the people who bought tickets to our shows like don't even live here anymore. Yeah, <laughs> sure. The original sure. date yeah. for this was two years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Great Migration. They, they, to they to may, be fair, I mean, the Red Knots. I mean, part of your core demographic is vagrants and transients. So <laughs> that's just true. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. you're right. You can't it's count on them. That's yeah. where they rock the hardest. <laughs> you can't. We cannot count on our audience at all. <laughs> and, uh, I can't. But I can't. I can't. I can't. no, no, we can't. We can't. Uh, but no, it's. Um, it was. It's just been an interesting thing because you can't, <laughs> you know, before all this went down, if you had a sold out show, you were like figuring, okay, one to three percent might not show up. Sure. You're not even necessarily calculating that because yeah, you don't see. Why would you not show up to a show that you bought, that you bought a ticket for? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's not going to be a hundred percent, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, because even even before the pandemic, you know, yeah, stuff could change through, at the last whatever. Yeah. Of course, whatever. But I got sick, blah blah blah, but. Yeah, you, you sell out a show. You ex- you don't expect like twenty percent of the people to not be there. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. crazy. So it's crazy. Yeah. So it's just an interesting stat. It's an interesting article if you wanted to look it up. And uh, I can also tell you that you know I played a show this last weekend in San Diego at Music Box. But the whole time I was kind of like on pins and needles, being like, "Is this even going to happen?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. But it did. Uh, they it didn't, didn't go through. They didn't shut it down. Um, and uh, I was grateful for it. Um, to me, the interesting thing is that it's happening to the to the big ticket artists. Yes, you know, like you talk about a Billy Joel show. I mean, no matter what you think about Billy Joel, a ticket to one of his shows is not cheap. No, no. it's not. It's you know? not. Yeah. So you would think that 
they still w- they wouldn't be experiencing no shows on the same level as other. But yeah, that, that's crazy. Exactly, and that was again one of part of the reason why. You know, I was like, oh, okay, it's not just us. It's not because people think our tickets to our show are worthless. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, yeah, it's because all of a sudden, yeah, I'm not allowed to go because whatever. Or demographics. I mean, for like a Billy Joel show, I imagine the average age yeah. is a bit older and the kids are right. barking at them about not going but, to a concert. And <laughs> but, the, but, but in the article, it was interesting to note, though, is that they say, uh, well, one of the one of those sources said that the smaller club and theater shows have actually seen raises as high as twenty five to thirty. Wow. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that's what we're seeing. I mean, you know, again, like the red, the red knots, like mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, because are the, because that. the cost is less t- because it was a twenty dollar ticket versus a three hundred dollar ticket. Well, yes, right, yeah, right yeah. exactly. And right. people yeah. are, people may have just lost track of how many times it's been rescheduled, and they're just mm-hmm. like, oh, whatever, who cares? Yeah. yeah. But so any anyway. Uh, but well, oh, I have a quick question though. So I mean, in a sold out show situation, do, uh-huh. you, do you guys get paid by who shows up or what the tickets? Oh no, sold? no, 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 no! You get you get paid per, by tickets sold based on your deal. So this is particularly yeah, but, hard on the venues because they're losing out on their on their on their yeah, we lose, beverage we lose, income. We do, do bring guys? some. We bring some merchandise. Okay. Uh, so we do lose those potential sales sure, but sure. Had, we played shows that are packed and not sold a single thing so it doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> so right. you don't always yeah you don't always know um right and there's less people in the line to say to sign greg loman's ass you know mm-hmm. at the end of the night mm-hmm. you know that and that's a big sign that's mine. a big draw to sign they're, mine. they're signing they're signing his ass yeah, yeah they're signing mine uh, did i mm-hmm. i miss this dude, dude i had i had to i had to wash it for like five Dude, hours you, in the shower you have so week. much Sharpie on your butt, girl. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you, you, you have can... to bring your own Sharpie is the thing. Yeah. That's Greg's. BYOS. That's one All Greg's, of the Red Knot shows Greg's are BYOS. Rule. Yeah. yeah. I'm so to I'm sorry to hear now. that, you know, that COVID is affecting those sales, Greg. <laughs> I, I'm no, but I mean, so like at this point, though, we're just, it's it's still such this strange limbo where it's like okay it's happening but and you know our our opening band got changed at the last minute because guys in the uh, original opening uh-huh. band that we had uh, two of them got COVID <clears throat> the week of and so yeah you can't have it it's crazy yeah, you know? yeah but I you know I do echo your sentiment and your frustration in that you know you see sports events not even just in America but you know even over in England where you know, COVID's rampant pretty there, pretty much there too. You know, the the stadiums are full. I would be. I, I, I'm not. I'm going to say um, that I haven't been frustrated because my stuff has not been canceled. Right. But a lot of other cats have. I will say um, this though: the NFL, honestly, as it applies to sports and yeah. like the bro- the broadcasting companies that do this, like they really do. If there's if there's like a twenty percent drop in attendance, they will they'll they'll shift audiences. They'll like shift seats downward so that within the view of the that game cameras, too. they're not. It, it it looks like a busy. I mean, Reg- regardless, won't. regardless though, it's st- they're not afraid of <clears throat> packing people together. That's no. It's, yeah, that's, that's it's the, actually the yeah, it's actually worse because they shouldn't be packing them together. Right, right, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure. I, I, some of these games, they are showing you the whole thing. Hundred percent. Like, when they Whoa, are, they do. Okay. They pull back. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and 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 they're packed because they're like you know important games, quote unquote. You know, like it's like oh well, you know, so and so is going to make it to the playoffs if they win or whatever. So it, I think that people got to stop canceling shows, man. You know that. But 
I don't know. What I, I don't want to say that and then someone gets sick and dies. So, you know, what, what am I supposed to do? What have, have you, I'm have you gotten we, the sense from any venues that you played at that, that you saw, like, okay, we sold out, but there's definitely not a packed crowd. And, like, have, do they, yeah, does it absolutely. seem like it's, like it's frustrating for them? Or, I mean, is that? Well, it's, it, I mean, they still sold the tickets as well, you know, like, mm-hmm. But, but I, I mean, is- do we? Yeah, which really gets to the bottom line of like, how much really do they make? What's what's their cut on, on like how much of the re- revenue is coming from the be- from the bar? Uh, um, well, it's definitely a lot. Yeah, uh, and we don't see, we don't see that. And uh, part of the reason why venues like us is because we bring a drinking crowd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, not yeah. every band can yeah, say that. Yeah, the aforementioned vagrants. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, even like a metallic crowd might not well. be a drinking crowd. <laughs> Ne'er do wells yeah. as well, <laughs> right? You, yeah. So, so it's like we're not bringing like the sober vegans. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, if right. you have to That's, ask, you'll never know. <laughs> exactly. So there you have it, boys. But um, I'll keep you posted as things. Uh, you know, there's going to be there's there's a lot of touring coming up. So we'll see how it all shapes out. But cool, yeah. yeah. I'm expecting things to be. I'm expecting things to be better than they have been. And you know, even though we had this like huge, massive case rise, I, um, you know, ho- here's hoping that it just kind of mirrors, you know, in the, in the, in the and that the cases drop. I sure hope out. so. Yeah. Yeah. I sure yeah. hope so. Yeah. Because yep. and you know, well, it's it's it doesn't seem like it's freaking everybody out to the point of we can, oh we can't do this show in san diego because we did it and yep. there you have it you know and everyone had to show you know proof of vax or negative tests so anyway yep. i don't know how if I, I, we'll see i don't know to tell you right on <laughs> yep thank you for the update greg appreciate course, that man. man hey mr rossman yes sir johnny nebraska yeah what you got i got some music. where's the buzz where's the hum <laughs> where the hum at the home done gone away. It went on its. It went away on its own. Right. Faithful listeners, you'll never know this because we do such a fine job of editing this podcast that uh, you never know that I typically have this terrible hum in my microphone line, <laughs> which goes, and everyone, at least Nick and Greg, rightfully Man. complain about it. And I should have corrected it, but no, today I it just, healed I itself. Just, we just ask you to turn the vacuum off. That's all. I, that's I, all. I, I turned. I just want to make sure. Oh, it wasn't it's me. this huge fluorescent light right, right ahead of me. No, no. There you go. Yeah, it healed itself today. What can I say? The audio I gods are it. smiling upon me, and I'm about to Next. let the audio gods smile on you guys because Uh-oh. new album just came out. Okay, from an Who old is? artist that doesn't release a lot of live albums. Their name is Can C A N Can. Oh yeah. Okay. Talked about them before in the past. They yeah. are my fa- they are my favorite kraut rock band. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um. Actually, they're them and Noi are like my the two kraut rock bands that I know. But they're both awesome. And Can I got introduced to back long time ago from my buddy Tejan, and I've just loved them ever since. They're just this cool avant garde instrumental funk all over the place music and it's great and they've just released started releasing historic live recordings of them back in the 70s nice um which are really really great and uh, nice. so i wanted to play this track for you settle in it's going to take you on, take you some places and we can talk okay. about it a little bit afterwards this Let's one's called um number four or in german wir
Nice. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. It is awesome. I, I is, totally really agree. really cool. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. these guys, I mean, that's part of like a 12-minute instrumental jam. The entire concert, this is uh, live in Brighton, 1975. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's, uh, I think it's in a soundboard recording um, mixed with some audience recordings. So there weren't, they never released a live album while they were in existence. Um, so they're just kind of resurrecting some of these from the archives. It's just so cool. They they play for an hour and a half, and it's all basically improvised music. They will pull sections from tracks from their albums mm-hmm. and like jam on those and occurrences. Incorporate them. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But really, it's all improvised, which is why all the track names just have it's just tracks one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine um, for an hour and a half. So and it's, it's the, the order in which they play them. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. But when that drummer kicks in and the drummer is yeah. what makes the band i mean that's Holy like a, that's like a that's drum like and bass trout. track you know like yeah. It, yeah exactly lake trout is is the reference that i always go to yeah like this is like if lake trout started in the 1970s that's the that's crazy can. thing i was like whoa this beat this is the 70s yeah yeah mm. you don't Not, expect nothing it. is new jesus <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah can man check them out they are they are the real deal they're really cool and this is right after their vocalist um, whose name is escaping me right now, but he's a Japanese-German import. He was a, a Japanese guy who moved to Germany and sang for this band, and he just sang, like, these hmm. crazy nonsense Japanese lyrics over it. So, so this is Amo Suzuki? Yeah. Suzuki? Yeah. 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 Um, so he left the band, and then this was what remained, and it, it's just really cool. It's, it's, it's great stuff. That's so, so cool. Speaking of archives... I wanted to to get my buddy uh, Bird Clock in here because he hit me to something that the Library of Congress just released on January fourth. Okay, and it is a it is found footage from 1969, the Altamont concert, the oh. famous Altamont concert where the Rolling Stones played. Infamous, where, um, infamous, yeah, where a, yeah. a guy got killed. Meredith Hunter got shot. In the middle of this concert. Hell's Angels. Um, And there's a famous documentary about it called Gimme Shelter, which is fantastic, uh, directed by the Males Brothers. And if you have the DVD for that, there's a bunch of bonus footage. So pretty much everyone thought that they had seen everything there was to see about the Ultimate concert. But apparently, about 10 years ago, 2002, the Library of Congress acquired roughly 200,000 reels in the collection of this guy, Rick Prelinger. And he collected, he was just like, like a serial film collector. He just collected am- amateur film reels. And I guess he ran out of time or ran out of storage space or something like that and donated them all to the Library of Congress. So wow. they have hmm. been going through this collection since 2002. And I wow. guess last year, something like that, one of the interns, maybe it was Bird Glock, I don't know, came across a reel in this collection of 200,000 reels that said Stones in the Park. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, oh boy, this might be interesting. So they threw it up, and it turns out it's it's home video recording, like shot on eight millimeter uh, film of mm-hmm. a guy who was there, an unknown guy, nobody knows who took this footage, like standing right directly stage left of the entire concert at Altamont, and this guy had gone through the trouble of like taking all the video editing and splicing it together, sending it off to this processing plant to get it processed, mm-hmm. and that's where it was lost. 
the guy never got oh. it back. Wow. So <laughs> it's just this fascinating story. So the Library of Congress digitized it and archived it and put it up for um, people to see. It's freaking amazing. Did you guys take a look at this at all? Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. There's no audio. There's no audio, and that that sucks. <laughs> it that's, does suck. That's, yeah. it, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's it, there is a lot of cool stuff, but you're basically spotting faces. That's that that's the thing is that you're seeing these icons from the late '60s up close, very up close and personal. Mm-hmm. And the footage is just such fantastic quality. There's just something yes, about it is. that kind of film and like the lighting oh, yeah. it's just, I, I just classic man yeah you see Carlos Santana out there with his mm-hmm. full band just killing it uh, yep. Jefferson Airplane Grace Slick just looking like this goddess up there leading the band you see Graham Parsons leading the Flying Burrito Brothers and you see mm-hmm. why everyone made a big deal about him because he just looks like a golden god up there you know like he's about I don't know two inches thick at the hip <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hips. yeah, super skinny. Um, and then you see Keith Richards and Mick Jagger and Bill Wyman like behind the stage watching the Burrito Brothers. It's just really fascinating footage. It doesn't shed any more light on the the murder, unfortunately, um, but it does have some really really cool um, shots of the crowd and just gives a kind of a different atmosphere to the whole vibe than what's presented in the documentary. Have you guys Very ever cool. watched the documentary? Give me a I still have not seen that actually. Okay. I feel like we watched that in college. We may have. We may have. Like I'm pretty sure that we did sit down and watch that one evening. Um, but it's been yeah, it's been 20 years at least. My criticism of that documentary that didn't come to light until today when I watched this new footage is that you know, obviously document documentarians are trying to tell a story. Mm-hmm. So all the footage that you see of the crowd in the Gimme Shelter documentary is just Hell's Angels beating up on hippies and hippies mm-hmm. acting like goddamn lunatics, like freaking mm-hmm. out on acid, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, the footage is not fantastic. It's frankly, well, it, I, I would it, rather it, watch yeah. the stuff that the Library of Congress just released than the document than the documentary. It's an important documentary, but my my point is that they highlight all of the negative things that happened in that concert. Yeah, they only show footage of the the brewing, yeah, culmination, which the, is the right, Hells Angels killing. They're trying to build this. up to this culmination, right? But yeah. when you watch this footage, it's like, oh man, everyone here is having a great effing time. That looks like a blast, man. Yeah, these these <laughs> yeah. hippies are delightful. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's up there for anyone to say. See, uh, Nick will post the uh, the link there. Um, what I did sure was will. I put on some uh, music in the background and watched it, and that helped a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it's worth to see. It's it's a it's a cool document and just the fact that it was lost for what is it, fifty years now and now it's just resurfaced and no one knows who took it and you know that story just blows my mind. It's just so cool. Well and then there was this guy who just collected people's home videos that, yeah. of like big <laughs> like that's that's even 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 that is just kinda like, wait, who's this Rick Prellinger guy? What's, right. that's yeah. And he's described as an archivist, historian, collector, polymath. <laughs> polymath, yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. As you will. So, thanks to the Library of Congress for uh, for putting that out there for everybody to see. Good it's work, cool America. Yeah. That's right. If, if, someone, if someone can sync up some audio to it, that'd be dope. Yeah. That'd be dope. Somebody uh, will, that's what, I'm sure. That's what you gotta oh, do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's do is it. There, is, is all the audio out there from the concert? That's a good question. 
I don't think that there was ever a soundtrack for that released. All right, I, you actually, beautiful I nerds. know that. Well, part of it is that like the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young section, yeah, was cut from the documentary because they felt that their performance was subpar, unsatisfactory. But I yeah. gotta imagine that audio exists somewhere. Somebody mm-hmm. has that. You know, yeah, it was certainly recorded. Yep. There's a challenge out there. Oh, there's somebody in the comments saying, "Send me the film. I can sync up recorded sound and sound effects." It's what go. I do. That's what I do. <laughs> Chuck Stewart. It's January 5th, 2022 at 6.44 a.m. Hey, man, right, it's Chuck. what he does. He's been waiting right, for this Chuck. opportunity. <laughs> can I, Chuck? <laughs> what are you waiting for, Chuck? Come on, Chuck. Call, calling you out, bro. This is my Send moment. Send us the footage with the sync. Yeah. Chuck, your moment's arrived. <laughs> oh, my Sweet. God. Well, boys, I think that's all we got. Our moment has arrived, so to speak. Indeed it has. Indeed it has. 127 in the bag. Greg, why don't you tell the fine folks how to get in touch with us, should they choose to do so? You should check it out.com. Find us online. Find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Our handle is at shouldcheck. Send us an email at ysciopodcast at gmail.com. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a review and as always, tell a friend you should check it out. Nice. Please do. Nice. I like Please the do. energy. I like the 2022 energy, Greg. Good job. There we Woo! go. It's it's Woo! it's all those. <laughs> yeah. If you bought the we ticket, out, show up. Come on. We out. We out here. We out here. <laughs> That's right, boys. You should check it out. Ticketless, as always. Join uh-huh. us here every week, same time, same bad time, same bad channel. Right. For more of this delightful fun. Yeah. Until then, boys. Yeah. Gentlemen, yep. we'll see you next time. Awesome. Peace. Peace. Have a good week.